18 degree weather to join us and celebrate the birth of our Savior. What an honor it is to get to gather and do that as a body in Christ. I'm so glad you're here doing that with us. Hey, before we get too far in, I want to make sure um, if you did not receive a candle on your way in, um, uh, please raise your hand and we'll have someone make sure you get a candle. We're uh, going to save those, hold on to those for a special um, piece of our gathering here in just a little while. So I want to make sure everybody has a candle in hand. Um, also, I wanted to let you know that so I know we have, we've got some um, families traveling and we've got some families visiting, traveling away, and we've got other families visiting here. So for those that aren't familiar, I want to draw your attention. We've got some notes in the back. Um, often when we have a message, there's notes. If you want to follow along, it's helpful um, to be able to take notes along with the slides that come up and as God speaks to you. So if you'd like one of those, feel free at any point to um, grab one off of the table in the back. Those are there for you. Well, for those that aren't familiar, my name is Lauren, and I am just so glad to be here worshiping with you on this Christmas Eve Eve. I have some friends who call it Christmas Adam instead of Christmas Eve. I just like Christmas Eve Eve myself. But uh, we have been going through, for the last several weeks, most of the weeks in Advent, we have been taking a look um, as a church at the supernatural events that have surrounded Jesus' birth. Um, we've looked at angels, we've looked at dreams. Tonight we're going to be looking at the events surrounding the virgin birth. That is a truly miraculous and supernatural event that our God um, did and chose to do to bring his son into the world. And so I want um, to draw your attention here. Um, in, in the first chapter of Luke, um, Elizabeth, Mary's um, cousin, is pregnant with John the Baptist, and when Elizabeth sees Mary, she tells Mary, when I heard your greeting, Mary, the baby in my womb, John the Baptist, jumped for joy. And, and Elizabeth tells Mary, you are blessed because you believed, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. This is Mary's response. Mary responded, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord. How my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl. And from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy. And he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He has scattered the proud and haughty ones. He has brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful. For he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. Would you join me in prayer? God, I thank you. I thank you that your eyes roam to and from the earth, Lord, looking for those, looking for those who love you. 
What a beautiful thing, Lord, that your eyes found Mary, a teenager devoted to you. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come tonight, that just like your word says, God, that your Holy Spirit would lead us in all truth. As we open your word, God, and we look at how you chose to bring your son to dwell among us, God. Emmanuel, God with us. Lord, I pray and I invite you to be here tonight. I pray that you would fill this room with your presence. I pray that we would get a deep sense of your nearness. That we would not walk away without being newly acquainted with the power and the presence of God, Lord. Father, I ask that you would help us by the power of your spirit, exalt you in spirit and in truth, and simply enjoy you, enjoying us, enjoying your son. In the name of Jesus, I ask, amen. Amen. We're so glad you're with us tonight. Go ahead and stand with me. To our online viewers, welcome. I know that it's a very cold night. I think when I came up here, I, I took my phone and went over to Pastor Charles. It was 15 degrees. So, but we're going to start worshiping the Lord. It is warm in here. We have every reason to rejoice. So let's join with the angels as we sing. Angels, we have heard on high.
goodness, praise and worship in the room. Glory to God in the highest. This is awesome. Wow, as we bring it down, let's reflect and look back to that holy, holy, holy night. Oh, that night was different than any other.
As we go into this next song, um, the Lord gave it to me, and I, I found it kind of strange. I, it, it didn't seem to fit, and I, I was asking the Lord, is this the right song? And uh, that's what I went to bed with. And so I woke up at 5 a.m., and, and he gave me this uh, passage of Scripture. So in Luke 2, um, it talks about the angels coming to the shepherds. That's the part of the story that it's in. And after the angels leave, uh, the shepherds say, hey, uh, I think we should go and see what's going on here. And they go, and, and, and they worship this Christ child. And it says about Mary, and since we're talking about her tonight, um, It said, but Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. So what the Lord had done and spoken, and there was so much to take in, she was just treasuring it and pondering it. And we've been talking a lot here about hearing the voice of God. And when you hear the voice of God, it's something to be treasured and pondered. And when you see things unfolding that he has told you, it's reason to worship. And so the question is, is, is there room in our hearts to receive the word of God and to treasure it and to ponder it. A family hiding from the storm Found no place at the keeper's door It was for this a child was born to save a world so cold and hollow The sleeping town it did not know That lying in a manger low A savior king who had no home Has come to heal our sorrows Is there
anticipate the celebration as we think about the depth of what you did coming here and doing it in such a way that could not be denied that it was from you. I pray that you would open our hearts, you would open our minds and open our spirit. Be with us tonight, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. We're finishing our series. We're finishing our series, Miracles of His Birth, How the Supernatural Shapes the Birth of Jesus. We've looked at prophecy. We've looked at uh, dreams for a couple weeks. Uh, We looked, thank you. We looked throughout Scripture to see where these happen. And tonight, I simply want to tell a few stories from the Bible And what I want you to think as I tell these stories is this, is that God is God and he can do what he wants. So imagine with me for a minute that you're a lady, that you're a woman. For some of you, that'll be easier than others. But imagine with me that you're a woman and you're old. So for some of you, that'll be easier than others. But imagine that that's where you find yourself. And and your husband goes out and he meets three men, but the men are different and you know they're different and they're, they're not just men. And he rushes in and he tells you, go and make some bread and get some water for these men that have come in. And as you're there working, you hear one of them tell your husband, so your wife Sarah We're going to come back in a year, and you're making the bread. We're going to come back in a year, and she'll have given birth to a son. And you hear that, and your only reaction. (laughs) Yeah, right. I'm old. And then the Lord says to your husband, your wife. Why did she laugh? Is anything too hard for God? What he's saying is, God can do whatever he wants to do. Is anything too hard for him? I'll come. And next year, she'll have a son. And Sarah said, I didn't laugh. And the Lord looks at her and he says, oh, but you did. (laughs) See, she was afraid afraid to let hope enter in, afraid to believe that something so miraculous could happen to her. And it had never been done before. See, that's the thing. Once a woman gets past a certain age, you just physically can't have a baby anymore. It's biology. And God goes beyond that. He's God and he can do whatever he wants. And it says that the Lord visited Sarah just as he had said. And that the Lord did to Sarah just as he had promised. Can you imagine the first time she felt the baby kick? And she said, oh, I laughed at them when they told me. 
And then she realizes God's God and he can do whatever he wants. Now imagine, imagine that you're a leader of of men, you're a leader of a nation, and you've rescued the people out of bondage that they were in. God parted a sea so that you could lead them over it. And you get to the other side and you're so close, but all you get is whining and complaining and accusation. And you are there. And and one day they, they just take it a little bit too far. They just take it a little bit too far. And they speak against God and they speak against you. They say, why'd you even bring us out of Egypt? Or we're just going to die here? For there's no food and water and we, ha- and we loathe this worthless food. And the first thing you think is, well, what is it? Do you loathe the food or is there no food? <laughs> Figure it out before you come to complain. And that just takes it a step too far. And God gets angry. And, and he, he sends fiery serpents into the camp. And the serpents start biting people. And they start to die. And then the people who are complaining about the food being there, it was not good or there had no food. They come and they beg you, pray that God will stop it. Pray that it will end. And so you go and you seek the Lord and God comes to you and he tells you because the the Bible also tells us that he speaks to you like he speaks to a friend face to face, not in riddles or dreams or visions, but face to face. And he says, make a fiery serpent out of bronze and put it on a pole and whoever's bitten and looks at it will live. And see, you right now, you're compiling the whole history of Israel. From Abraham on, you are compiling what has happened to the people. You are writing all of it down. And so in your mental Rolodex, you say, wait a minute. I'm not supposed to make things out of metal and have people look at it. Last time we did that, You killed a bunch of us. It was a calf and not a serpent, but you still did it. But you don't say that because you know that God is God and he can do whatever he wants. So you set off into your tent and you make the bronze fiery serpent and you set it on a pole and you lift it up. And as the people are being bit, they look up and they are healed and they live. It's never happened before in history, but that doesn't matter because God is God and he can do whatever he wants. Now imagine, imagine that you're a prophet And you get paid well for being a prophet. And a king sends a delegation of people to you. And they offer you money. They offer you fame and stature in this kingdom. If you'll just go bless, or if you'll just go curse Israel. 
It's all yours. Just lay a curse on Israel. But you're a real prophet, though your hearts and your motivations aren't always right. They aren't always aligned with God's. You are a prophet. So you go and you talk to God and God tells you, you cannot bless what I have set. You cannot curse what I have set aside for blessing. You cannot do it. And you go back and you tell the people, I'm sorry, I cannot curse them because God has already blessed them. And so they leave and they go tell their king, he won't do it. And he says, take more money, take more promises, take everything we have, we need him to curse Israel. And so they go back and they say, hey, will you curse Israel for us? Look, there's more money, more money's here. You'll have more fame, you'll be higher up in our kingdom. And you go and you talk to the Lord and the Lord says, no, you cannot, but go with them. But when you go with them, something's wrong. Your heart's off. Maybe you're you're saying you're going to go and you'll take the money. But as you go, the Lord becomes angry with you. And you're, you're riding down the road on your donkey. And the donkey veers off into the field. And you get angry because this is a good donkey. You've ridden him for miles and miles. And he usually stays on the trail and he does what he says. So you hit him to get him back on the trail. And you go a little bit further and along the, the walkway there's a wall and the donkey smashes your leg between him and the wall and you smack it again a few times to get it back on the trail. But the donkey's not going to move. And so as it goes again it just stops and it lays down. And so you start to hit it to get up and then something that's never happened in the history of the world happens. But it's okay because God is God and he can do what he wants. The donkey looks up at you and speaks your language. And he says, why have you hit me these three times? And you look, and, 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 and it doesn't say that there's much of a reaction going on here. But how did he not run away? How, do you, how, how, do, how does he stay there and have a conversation with the donkey? Because he knows that God is God and he'll use whatever he wants to use to speak. He says, why have you hit me? And he said, because you made a fool of me. If I had a sword in my hand, I would kill you. And the donkey said, am I not your donkey, which you've ridden all your life long to this day? Do I always treat you like this? And you say, no. And in that moment, God opens your eyes. And you see the angel of the Lord with a sword in his hand. And you say, oh, okay, this is what he was afraid of. And the angel of the Lord comes up to you and he says, you're lucky that your donkey threw you off and laid on the ground because if you would have kept coming, I would have killed you and let the donkey go. And you say, okay, <laughs> I'll listen to my donkey from now on. <laughs> Things like this don't just happen, but God is God and he could do what he wants. Imagine that you're a soldier and you're fighting. You're fighting a tribe called the Amorites and you're wearing them down and you're destroying them. God's sending 
boulders out of the sky to destroy and to kill them. And as you're fighting, you know you have the battle won. But if it gets nightfall, then, then they, they could rest, they could recoup, they could hide out, and you won't be able to do it. And so as you're fighting, you realize it's been a few hours, and you look up in the sky, and the sun hasn't moved at all. And you think, well, this is strange. I could have sworn we've been fighting all day. I'm very tired. Why is the sun still there? Because your leader told the sun to stand still so that you would keep fighting. And so all of heaven, all of the heavens obeyed him. And the sun stopped and the moon stood still. And you wrote about it so that people would know And it's never happened. There's no day like it before or since because God is God and he can do what he wants. It says, when the Lord heeded the voice of a man, he responded to the voice of a man. And the Lord fought for Israel. And then the time comes that God is going to change everything we know about everything. The fabric of our reality is going to be pushed aside for what he wants to do. And so he finds a young, young woman in a dusty little town. And he sends one of his his closest angels to her. In the sixth month, Gabriel goes to a virgin who is engaged to a man named Joseph because she was of the house of David. Her name was Mary, and as she sat there, the angel speaks. He says, greetings, O favored one. For the Lord is with you. And imagine you're her in that moment and you have no idea what to think because things like this don't happen to you. They've only happened to Abraham and Sarah. They've only happened to Jacob. They've only happened to these men that that you've been told about, that you've revered, that have been set on a, a plateau you think is higher than you. And yet there the angel is speaking directly to you. And you don't know how to react. See, God chose this way. He chose to find this young woman. He chose to send the angel to her. He chose it all. So that we could not deny him. And the angel tells her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God and you will conceive in your womb and you and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus and he will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. 
and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And you've just sat there, and you've just heard that, and you think, why me? Why? Because God is God, and he can do what he wants. And so you believe. That's all it takes is an angel. Other people have heard angels, they've seen angels, and they haven't believed, but you, you believe. And, but you just have one question. Because you kind of know how these things work. Your parents had to talk with you. You understand that the biological functions of having a child. And you say, well, how exactly is this going to work? Because I'm a virgin. But I'm sure God knows that, but I, need, I feel like I need to tell you. And he said, don't worry, because the Holy Spirit, he's going to go, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, and what you'll be carrying will be holy. It's the, it's the actual Son of God. And, and Elizabeth, she's older than you. She's, get, she's conceived a son with her who is called barren, because nothing is impossible with God. You see, when, when, he, visited, when he visited Abraham and Sarah, he said, is anything too hard for God? And the answer is no. And then the angel reiterates, and he says, well, now nothing's impossible. Nothing's too hard. It may sound crazy, and it may sound like something out of a, a story that you've read, Mary, but this is the way that God is choosing to do it right now. And Mary says, I'm a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Then the angel leaves. See, God is God, and he can do whatever he wants to do. And that baby, he grows up. And about 27 years later or so, he's at a party. And his mom's there. And the host has run out of wine. And his mom says, Jesus? And he says, what? She just gives him a look. He says, it's not my time yet, woman. Well, what do you want me to do? And then you hear her say to the servants, whatever he says, you do it. And so he says, get some vats, these ritual washing vats, fill them with water. And mere minutes later, the host is saying, you, brought, you saved the best wine for last? Most people put that stuff at the beginning when people can still taste it so they know it tastes good. This is delicious. And later, he talks about wine a little bit. And he says, look, the way that, that, that you thought it was going to be, the way you believed that it was going to be, the way that you've Want, maybe even wanted it to be. That's the old way. 
I'm doing something new. And I can't be held in the way that you wanted to hold me in in the old way. I'm not bound by any of that anymore. Think about the wine. When there's new wine, we don't put it into old wineskins. We put it into to new wineskins. New wine is for fresh wineskins. Because God is God and he can do whatever he wants. And one more story about a wise man, not a wise man from Christmas story, but a man who was wise. His name was Gamaliel. And before him, they drag in these ruffians, these outsiders, that they've been causing a stir in the city. And everybody on your council, they, wanna, they want to dispatch with them. They want to kill them or stone them or send them out. And you stand up. And you have something that you want to say to the council. And you say, look, there's a man named Theodos. And he gathered some people around him and we killed him. And all of his people scattered. And, and then there was a, another man, and, and he, he, his name was Judas, and he brought some people up, and they caused a stir, but we killed Judas, and then all of those people ran, and they went and hid and were never to be seen again. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men. Leave them alone. Because if this is just of man, like Theodos and Judas, it's going to fail. If it's, if it's just of men, they'll scatter. We'll never hear from them again, and history won't remember their names. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow him. You might even be found opposing God. God is God, and he can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. And do you know what he wants? He wants you. And he wants you to do the things that he's told us to do. He envisioned a church that would go everywhere, saying and doing the things that he said, performing the acts that he performed. And in his wisdom, because he is God and he can do whatever he wants to do, he's decided not to do it all himself. There will be times where he'll still do it himself, but he's really chosen to use me and you. That's what he wants to do. So this young, young woman hears the angel say it. And she says, behold, I am your servant. Whatever you say, I'm good with. And I'm no angel. But I'm here to tell you he wants to use you. So you can say, 
God, I don't know if I trust him. I don't know about him. But I'll just try it. He'll meet you. He'll use you. Because all you need to do is say, okay, God, what do you want? You might ask, how is it going to happen? I know who I am. I know the world around me. How is this going to be? Says, what does he say? Don't worry about it. Because when the Holy Spirit gets involved, something new can be birthed. Father, thank you. I thank you that you are God and that you can do whatever you want to do. And I thank you that in your wisdom and in your power and with the glory of heaven behind you, you've chosen us. The same way you chose an old woman named Sarah, the same way you chose a man named Moses, the same way you chose a donkey to speak, the same way you chose Joseph to pray that the sun wouldn't move, the same way that you chose a young virgin in Nazareth, the same way that you chose your followers after your death, the same way that you chose all of them, you're choosing us. God, stir up in us the faith of a young girl named Mary who says, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. That be the cry of our hearts. Behold, we are servants of the Lord. We thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
Stand with me. Grab your candles. John writes In the beginning was the word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
He was in the beginning with God. And all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and his life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So that's why we light candles today, and Pastor Tim's going to help me. pass it along to you, but that's why we light candles, because the light, his light was the life of men. So we're just going to come up the, the center aisle and just get the people on the center aisle. The band's going to play, we're going to sing together, just holding our lights representative of his light is the light of men. And just one protocol, when you go to get it, the person without the flame tilts theirs. If you have the flame, keep it upright. Just safer for everyone involved. God, we thank you that your life is the light of men, that you give light into the darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it
our light and that nothing overcomes it there's nothing that stands in the way of it and when you are in it it cannot be overcome so be in everything that we do every interaction we have this week every time we set our face and our hearts towards you meet us in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, now you can blow it out. Always the worst part of the night. We're going to close out with a song. Thank you for coming. Thank you for, for worshiping with us. Uh, we pray that you have a uh, a good next couple days. We pray. We hope that you'll join us on Christmas Day, four o'clock here, a uh, little bit before dinner. But after the presents are open, after you've had your nap, you can come and and uh, worship with us. So the band's gonna lead us, and as they they close their song, 
uh, you will be dismissed, but not a second sooner. So stay. <laughs> oh, there's hope in the room. Let's sing and rejoice. Hear the angels sing their song for everyone to announce our King. There's hope for everyone. What good news they bring. There's hope for everyone. Angels sing. There's hope for everyone. They came from afar. It's all the star, there's hope for everyone. Shepherds heard the choir, there's hope for everyone. From afar, there's hope for everyone. We are waiting on the promise for the one who lights the darkness.
back for you to take your candles. So make sure as you exit, greet some folks, take your candles.